Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to a year in 1985 to look at Fred Ward's action adventure movie Remo Williams and joining me for this episode is Gary Hill from Two Drink Minimum and Cinema Beef Podcast. Gary, how are you doing buddy? Back again man, how are you? Yeah, it's good to have you back on the show mate for another bite of the uh, Bite Size Cinema mate. Very, very fun, sir. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, it's always good to have you here, Gary, because this is uh, a film I heard you mention when we were doing an episode for Dude Looks Like the 80s. Um, I heard you mention Remo Williams. I never actually heard of this film before, so I've checked it out. And to be honest with you, mate, I'm surprised I've never heard of it before. It's, you know, it's a pretty cool movie. I just love your unconventional-looking uh, action stars, and Fred Ward fits that bill. He's very unconventional as an action star, but... He could balance very well, at least a stuntman can, but we'll get into that, I'm sure. You know? Yeah, we'll get into that. But before we get into Remo Williams, uh, Gary, I was just going to speak to you about um, a TV show that I saw this week, uh, which was Life After Flash Gordon. And I heard you mention something on the page that you interviewed Sam Jones or something like that, was it? Or... Yeah, well, it was a show. We, we did a review of it, and then uh, we got the interview um the filmmaker Lisa Downs and and Sam Jones himself. Uh, S- Sam got real on me, y'all. Uh, y'all were listening to that. It's, yeah. it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I got to admit, I was, I was quite, I, I liked it. I enjoyed the show. I thought it put Sam Jones into a good light. Looked like he got involved with Hollywood in every which way that you can after Flash Gordon. But in the end, I got to admit, Gary, I, I almost had a little tear as a grown man by the end of it. You know, with his yeah. journey of redemption. So yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Oh yeah, I met him. I met him in Knoxville with a uh, my my former co-host Jeffrey X Martin, and it was a uh, it was an experience. He's a he's a he's a very tall man, as you would, you would imagine. It's a uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I'm really surprised. One thing that I found out was that they actually dubbed his voice for Flash Gordon. I never knew that. He didn't want to come back for post looping, I guess, or there was a money issue or something, and uh, didn't didn't happen. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah, uh, well, I guess that's Dino Dean Laurentis for you, isn't it? But um, yeah, uh, for sure, man, it will be something that I will be covering on Bite Size Cinema. Um, I even speak to Ricky Morgan about that, you know what I mean? When I think of Flash Gordon, I think of Ricky Morgan and Danny Bennett from the How Mean Power Hour, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And we uh, we actually had um, Sam do a. Um, a call sign for them for their show when we met him it was pretty cool oh did he oh okay I didn't know that I didn't know he did that so that's pretty cool have you been up to anything else Gary is there anything you've been watching or anything that's kind of floating your boat at the moment that you're excited about I've been running through um the stuff for Duncan's top uh top top 10 summer series top 10 horror films of the 2000s and there's some I got, I got 2003 and 2006 2003 is a little better than 2006 in that sense because there's a lot of garbage that came out in 2000s but there's a lot of foreign horror on there which you would expect because that's probably the best stuff out of the 2000s if you ask me is the foreign horror and um just a lot of that um listen for that soon i think because we recorded 2003 show the day after i'm recording with you right now so oh yeah is that big the- uh like, like he needs promotion that can pompous scott needs any more promotion the podcast <laughs> under the stairs summer series is coming people so look look for that you know yeah no it's a good show um must admit it's one of the first podcasts i listened to with duncan so i've got a little bit of inspiration from his show for bite size i must admit and, he's working uh, man he puts yes. like six shows out a week or something 
I know. I never believed that the guy could uh, put that many shows out until I started doing podcasting. Little taste for it myself. I'm kind of producing quite a bit myself. So, you know, I'm kind of, I'm never going to be in Duncan's league, but I'm just saying. (laughs) You're working, man. I I, I admire it. I wish I had that work ethic, but I don't. So here we are. Yeah. It's it's 2020 for you, man. That's why I've got a little bit of time. That's why I'm producing a lot of shows. But um, yeah, no, Duncan's doing a good job, man. I do like his, um, his roulette. Uh, series, uh, but like you say, two thousand. Funny, funny um, decade for horror. I think. I think we're doing a lot better now for horror. But two thousand, it was a little bit. It was a little bit lame in some areas. I thought there's some good stuff, but I, I watched the it's... Texas Chainsaw remake, and I haven't watched it in a very long time. Oh, yeah, I think true. I got a lot, a, a lot more out of it this time around than I did back then because I didn't like it very much back then. That's I, I caught a lot, caught a lot more of the stuff. Lot, lot, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say that's the one with Jessica. Is that the one with Jessica Biel? Jessica Biel, yes. Yeah, so yeah, she's lovely, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she was in that movie, and uh, yeah, she's pretty fair in it. Although I think I think for for a horror actress in that film, she's not a very good screamer. So <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, a lot of good stuff I remember about. I don't, I didn't remember about is like um, like the lot, a lot of the great gore effects, especially with one character. Where he gets his leg lobbed off in, in, a, in, a, in a, a field of laundry, which is pretty magical, and yeah. him uh, scratching his fingernails down the wall as good old Leatherface is carrying him down the stairs. You can see his fingernails separating from his body, and that, that was pretty uh, pretty good too. But um, yeah, much better than I thought it was. But saying that that, that the reason why he chose that is it kickstarted the remake craze is uh a really bad thing considering all the bad remakes that came out in the 2000s i just don't uh i can't i can't get by that logic <laughs> that's why you chose it but um yeah, i guess as soon as something does well all of a sudden the studios go oh we'll do, we'll start to do that but um yeah when you mention it i think that's not a bad remake for a chainsaw massacre considering how cult the original film is Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite it's some big shoes to fill and it managed to do that but the other films for 2000 for me was obviously um Dog Soldiers, I yes. quite like. I mean, that's a hell of a movie that is. Um, and Wrong Turn, quite like that. I seem to remember that around about the early two thousands. Um, obviously, spawned a franchise. <laughs> I, I remember not a lot about the movie because I just kept looking at uh, Eliza Dushku and Emmanuel's, whose last name I can't pronounce. Uh, right. Yeah, it's cold in the woods. I'll say about that mm. the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you might pick up on that one, Gary. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm only a man. I'm only a man, no. RJ, you know? Hey, Gary Hill Radar, man. <laughs> well, I'm, only, I'm an unmarried man, too, so uh, I, I can look all I want to, people, you know? But anyway. With, respect, with respective distances, let me add that caveat to it, okay? <laughs> but talking about getting cold in the woods, let's talk about... Fred Ward, let's talk about Remo Williams. Let's take you guys back to a year in 1985. Let's go to the Statue of Liberty. Let's hang off some ropes. Let's play you guys a trailer. And we'll be back soon. America's top security experts have chosen this man. Don't take any chances, this guy's a killer. For a special mission. But first, he's got to pass one little test. Speak English. Does your nightingale sing? Hold it! 
like a baboon with two club feet. Ouch. However, I think I can do something with him. Goodbye, Mr. Crow. Who's he? No more Boy Scouts. Take a look at this. High altitude reconnaissance probe. Yes, we make that. There is none. Doesn't exist. These men will rob America of her might. He won't be with us for much longer. Unless someone... Relax. ...can stop them. Concentrate! This is not time for prayer! Remo Williams. The adventure begins. What are you watching? Your country's one contribution to the art. It's a soap opera. It is apparent to me that you know less than nothing. Place your hands behind your head. I did not say keep them there. Before he's through, he'll learn to move faster than a bullet. Excellent. Not bad, huh? Hear the heartbeat of an enemy. Trying to need to borrow him for a while. And leave no footprints in the sand. Some joker walks into one of my plants, snoops around, walks right out again, and now you're telling me he doesn't exist. Across town, the man has found his head blown off. Perfect accident. And you're telling me he's going to get away with it, huh? That we can't stop him? You can stop him, son. It'll be my pleasure. Now, based on the Destroyer novel series that sold over 30 million copies, America's favorite tough guy comes to the screen in a movie big enough to hold him. Remo Williams. The adventure begins. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis of this film is an officially dead cop is trained to become an extraordinary, unique assassin in service of the US president. It's an action-adventure comedy. It's got a 6.5 on IMBD and it's a PG-13 with a 121-minute runtime. And it's starring Fred Ward as Remo, uh, Joel Grey as Chun, uh, Wilford Brimley from Outpost 31, he plays Smith, uh, J.A. Preston as McCleary and Kate Mulgrew, who you may know from Star Trek Voyager as Major... Captain Janeway. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I didn't realise actually um, watching this, uh, Gary. I kind of thought I recognised her from somewhere and then I had a look. So, um, yeah, it's got, it's got a solid cast. So, Gary, when did you... What is it about this film that you like, mate? I mean, it's obviously an action movie that you, you know, you dig and all that, so... Well, much like myself and many other kids of the 80s, this ran on cable a lot. Yeah. So you watched it a lot because it's 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 kind of like one of those you know silly action films that a kid can enjoy. It's it's not dirty. It's not it's not entirely violent either. I mean, I, I don't think many people die in this movie, and um, it's just it's just like a fun, like surreal. Not very real uh, actions in this action movie. Um, 
we accepted stuff like Joel Gray playing an Asian man back in these days, and oh, we we accepted we accepted Fisher Stevens playing an Indian fellow. Bad, you know, was badly that, now in retrospect, you know. <laughs> yeah, was that uh, is that you talking about Short Circuit? There? Yes, sir. I only found out about that the other day myself. I didn't realise. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's, it's love. It's a lovable character, yes. uh, Fisher Stevens' character, yeah. but he's still playing a white man playing an Indian role, yeah, and right, yeah. very stereotypical too. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, you just wouldn't get away with that today, would you? Just would not get away no. with that. Um, I mean, like I say, Joel Grey again when I watched this film, because this is new to me. This I, I never knew about Remo Williams, and when I watched it. I was surprised. I thought, how, how have I missed this film? And um, it's a shame, really, because I, I thought I'd love to have seen this as a kid to try and get that nostalgia, like you said. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quite like a sort of safe action move, isn't it, for kids? It's a good entry for that, you know, from maybe like a 10, 12 year old. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's, it, the comedy in it is great, the action, it goes at a nice flow. Um, and going back to Joel Grey, I didn't realise again that he's actually was it Jennifer Grey's father from. Uh, oh, I never had no idea. Just Dirty, like um, Dirty Dancing. I, yeah, I found out that Radon Chong is actually Tommy Chong's daughter at a convention once, and I, oh, okay. I was like, "Wow, they put two and two together." But mind blown now. Okay. You know? Yeah, I could I, be honest with you, Gary. Since I've, I mean, I'm a fan of films massively. Uh, but since I've been podcast, you know, I found out I've been digging up all this trivia. I'm going, hey, I, I never knew that. Wow, you know, I'm kind of find myself going, whoa, wow, wow, I never knew that. So uh, it's amazing what you can dig out, isn't it? You know, looking into these films. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was directed by Guy Hamilton, and he's the same guy that directed, funny enough, The Man with the Golden Gun, which I reviewed not long ago. Nice. Um, and the character, Remo Williams, is based on the Destroyer novels. So there's an awful lot of novels based on this character, isn't there? So I think it's about 80 or so. Um, part of the, like I say, the Destroyer novels. And I think I've, I think you mentioned this in the last episode, Gary, when we were talking about uh, Jake Speed as well. Um, there's like that it's family like of characters. Part of that right? same universe, I believe. You have to ask uh, our resident... Um Remo Williams expert uh, R- Rob Pollock, excuse me if I mispronounce your name, but you're all up in the group talking about Remo Williams, so yes. if we get something wrong, I apologize ahead of time. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, no, no, you mentioned it, it was um, actually Rob Pollock, one of the you know our friends and listeners from the page. He uh, did post something about this, saying that he's read all the novels. So, it, and that's the other thing. When I posted this on the Facebook page, I got quite a good response actually from people going, "Hey, you're doing Remo Williams," you know, there's the amount of people that said. Yeah, I remember this when I was growing up, and you know, so um, I guess you know, going back at the time, the eighties, yeah, we grew up with. I guess you could say like the A Team TV shows. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Do you know, what I mean, heroes, everyday guys. Um, they don't have well, superpowers. If, if, if you look at the way this one starts, I'm sorry to jump right into this, no, but um, right, yeah. he he um. He gets he gets killed hilariously <laughs> by, by this guy in this truck by yes. running his his, cru- his police cruiser into the um the, the East River. Comes back supposedly <laughs> gets a plastic surgery, which is like they just shaved his face. So I don't know, and then he assumes the role of this person that there's their own personal secret agent. Now this is the plot of Night Rider, except without the talking car. 
But if you ever seen the pilot of the Night Rider, it, it starts the same way. Yeah. This cop, this cop gets this cop or PI, whatever Michael Knight is, gets hurt. Yeah. Um, Wilton Knight uh, uh, recruits him, changes his face to look like his son, apparently, because his son is Hasselhoff with a goatee. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> God, that'd be fun. Would, would you just pick random Night Rider episodes to talk about him? The, the Goliath episode? Man, um, be amazing. But yeah, it's it's almost the same through line plot to the pi- to the pilot of Knight Rider. So yeah, there you go. You're right, Gary. I mean, I, I thought the same thing as well. The only difference they did in the Knight Rider, and this is what I thought they were going to do with this film because I've never seen it before. I thought they were going to get another actor to play Fred Ward's no, character. Do you know what I mean? They just shaved his face. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's like uh, you know we've we've just shaved off your moustache. He's looked in the mirror and he's gone. Hey, my face looks different. Do you know what I mean? That's it's pretty much all they've done, isn't it? <laughs> That's about it, man. You see, he wakes up with shave cream on his face. Like, yeah, that was a nice clean shave. You know, I fe- I feel like a new man, literally. Yes. You know? yes. That's the one thing I, mean, man, I, I thought you you accepted in a movie like this, though. So I'm, it's why we're laughing. See, you know? yeah. Well, this is it, Gary. Do you know what I mean? As soon as I saw that, I thought I'm about two or three minutes into this film, and I thought, oh, well, there we go. There you go. I'm going to like this film a lot. I can see I'm going to like it a lot. And then on top of that, like, was it the McCleary character goes, oh, we, well, we thought a lot about your name. We thought a lot about this. And he just turns a bedpan over, doesn't he? It's just Remo Williams. Oh. Yeah, your name's <laughs> Remo. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, so he's got his new face and this is where you meet the secret organisation, isn't it? With Run By... None other than Blair from Outpost 31, Wilfred Brimley, with his very high-tech computer. Yeah, a very, very high-tech video screen there that he may or may not be working correctly because he's he's the Brimley, and it's all good. Yeah, that's it. He, he does it. Um, so he can pretty much access everything, Connie, on this computer, which I guess is like an early uh, Google, isn't it, in a way, I guess? Yep. Back in mid-80s. Which is what it ain't it ain't it, it ain't no Commodore sixty four people, okay? <laughs> Although it looks like a Commodore sixty four, doesn't it, when you look at that computer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're basically saying that, you know, we're giving you this new identity. There's only three of us in this room that are involved, and he's working directly for the president, isn't he? And he's basically saying that there's corruption within the government and we want you to root it out. Because I've got this high-tech computer, but it can't do everything, so I'm going to need you to do that little bit of extra work for us. So that's basically the building block of this movie, isn't it, for him to go and root out all this corruption? Yeah, man. While balancing a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so then he gets his first assignment, and then he has to go and kill somebody, but he doesn't know who this person is, does he? So he goes in there, he's loaded up with a, uh, a weapon, with a, I think it's a Colt 1911. He goes in there, and this is where you meet one of our main characters in this film, isn't it? Gary Chin, who's just sort of, what is he like painting or something like that by himself? He's just sort of meditating or something whilst Fred Ward walks past him, doesn't he? And he says, "You know, I'm looking for someone," and he says, "Well, I'm the only person here, isn't it?" So, and uh, you get quite a good scene here, don't you? Of, uh, is it like where he tries to shoot Chin and then he sort of dodges all the bullets and stuff like that? So very, uh, very, very. Uh, amb- I, I'm looking for the word here, but he, he's very nimble when dude. He's dodging the bullets, and um, but this is Joel Gray who, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a song and dance fan, you know. Yeah. So I've I've seen Cabaret more than once, and he plays the MC in Cabaret. So that's about all I know him from. But he's playing this this guy in Asian face, and not like you know, let's let's put some ridges on his head like all Sean Connery style. But he's go, he's going for it, and you know what? I'm not that offended until Brimley lets out a slur later on in the film, like "ooh, uncomfortable," you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got um, so yeah, so Chin he he sorts out Fred Ward, doesn't he? He teaches him well. He's basically showing him that he can dodge bullets. And as it turns out, he has now become his training instructor for this secret organization. And then you get some a scene here where Chin is saying to Fred Ward, isn't he, saying that, you know, I'm going to teach you, you need to start breathing and all this sort of stuff. And he's got to cut out his diet of burgers as well, isn't he? Yeah, just rice. Said if he's lucky, rice with some honey in it. <laughs> yeah. So then whilst all this is going on, so you've got Remo, he's uh, got his character development, he's in training. And then you're introduced to the bad guys, which is a guy called Grove. He works for the government. Um, he's up to some dodgy dealings. He's killed people. He's been covered up by the FBI and stuff like that. And he is developing a weapon, which is the AR-60, which is not working very well. It's actually killing troops and stuff like that, isn't it? And... So this is like the main sort of central part of the plot of the movie, isn't it? Where uh, Remo Williams has to infiltrate this bad guy. Kind of like a whole like the OCP thing, you know? Who cares if it works? Come on now. Yeah, I guess uh... you, yeah, that's a good way of describing it, actually, isn't it? It's like a weapon system. I'm I'm going to make money on this. I don't care whether it's going to kill the troops or not. So, um, and then you're introduced to another character here, which is Major Fleming, which you mentioned earlier, Gary, isn't it? It's uh. Jane May from Star Trek. I think that's probably one of her famous roles, isn't it? Yep. And she also was uh, on Orange is the New Black. People who watched that show, she was uh, Red the Cook Lady on Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I heard about that. Yeah, heard good things about it. I haven't watched it myself, but I've heard good things about I, it. I haven't finished it, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> She's on that show. Okay. So, um... And then it cuts back, so you've got the main, they throw in the main plot there, and then it cuts back to Remo, and he's still doing his training, and then this is where you get a, like a funny scene here, isn't it, where he's like dodging bullets, and then Ching gives him this funny sort of fingerboard, isn't it, he says, you know, you've got to teach, teach yourself, this is a tool that we use in Korea, and um, you find out that Chin likes to mediate with uh, soap operas as well, don't you, <laughs> Gary? Yeah. <laughs> He's sort of it's, it's actually it's actually a pretty hilarious part of the film. Him, him, his, his obsession with soap operas. Yeah, it's like I say, it's an action movie, but it's got an awful lot of comic relief, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's just uh, just great how they throw that in there. Oh yeah, for sure. I I, I, I didn't think I'd like that part of the movie, but I I, I really did. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate it now more as an adult. Let's put it that way than yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, it's funny how that. Uh... So you now you get. Um... You find out that these AR-60 weapons don't work because you get a demonstration by a soldier that gets blown up. And now you get Remo who investigates uh, Grove and he goes to see Fleming. I think he tries to get some information out of her. But then this is where Grove finds out that uh, Remo Williams is on his case and he now sends out the bad guys to try and infiltrate him. And this is where you get that... Before you get that famous scene at the Statue of Liberty, you get another... uh, 
it's a clever scene, isn't it? With the the fairground, isn't it? Where he's on the um, oh, he's on the big wheel, isn't he? He's hanging on to it. <laughs> yeah, balancing himself on the on the Ferris wheel. Yeah. So, is it, and that's the other thing, Gary. That's what I like about this film. It's got some really good um, live action shots, isn't in it as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Sort of real tangible live action stuntmen, all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, the the wig work, the wig work's insane. There's there's a point where he's Remo is like moving about the the apartment where where Chun lives and uh balancing balancing himself on the on the the tub and uh, some random boards and hopping from post to post to get upstairs. That's right. You yeah. clearly you can clearly see it's a much thinner man with a with a with a, a wig on, but you don't care because it's that kind of movie. Yeah, exactly, and. Um... Yeah, because he clears it all, doesn't he? And he says, well, you can do it again. He goes, yeah, not a problem. He just turns the lights off, doesn't he? <laughs> it's just like yeah. pitch black. <laughs> um, but going back to the fairgrounds, this is where you get another bit of comic relief where you've got a guy with some pink panthers, haven't you? You've got the hoops and the bottles. You've got some kids trying to hoop the bottles. It doesn't work out. But then Chin turns up, doesn't he? And this guy explains it, gives him the hoops, and then Chin just goes, dun, 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 boom, 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 like that. And he wins himself a pink panther. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're, you're uh, privy to, to carny culture in the states, but usually those bottles are all greased up, so he can't throw nothing on them. But uh, he nails them all with those little rings. Yeah, <laughs> no, we, we've got that over here, Gary. It's the same thing. It's almost like a bit of a sort of con, isn't it? But yeah, he, he just nails it, doesn't he? Within a couple of seconds. And, uh... I, I, I gotta say, because yeah, I rarely see him young in anything. Uh, the the scam artist, the the, the carny proprietor, is played by character actor William Hickey in this movie. You get to see him for like like five seconds, but it's nice to see him in anything. Oh, is he? You see, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Is he is he a, a name from a another film or TV show? Have you have you seen a uh, Christmas Vacation before? Oh right, he's in. Oh, okay, right. Okay. He plays the, the 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 uncle with the cigar. Oh, right, okay. That, that burns down the tree and, you know, uh, the blessing, that guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, I thought it must have been like a blink and I missed it for me when I watched this I, film. So. He was, he wasn't in a watch, but I, I, re I recognized him right away because right. I've seen him in so many things. Okay. Yeah, another great movie, man. Christmas Vacation, yeah. <laughs> um, So then you get to this point now where you've, this is like a pinnacle moment of Remo Williams, isn't it? I think this is probably one of those the most expensive shots where they've got the Statue of Liberty. And I guess, obviously, at the time, the Statue of Liberty was having some construction work to it because they've got all the um, scaffolding around it. Yep. But I did read up that they actually built a um, Statue of Liberty torso in the middle of the, like, a Mexican desert somewhere for this shot. Sounds legit because most of it, it takes place on, like, the scaffolding itself, but... Yeah, I could see how, how they would do that. You know, I doubt, I doubt it was made of stone because there's a point where the the stuntman has to fall a long way down and slam into, I guess, the the book that the Lady Liberty is holding. I guess he lands on that. Yeah. Um, you, you you would really hurt you would really hurt yourself on a solid stone. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because uh, like you say, you get the bad guys. They hire some workmen, don't they? Give them a couple of dollars to go and take on Remo. Remo, and you get oh. a really good. Um, like I say, get some really good stunt scenes here, haven't you? Where you can, you can see the stunt I have man. To, I, have, I have to mention him because the guy that hires them is a perennial baddie, Patrick Kilpatrick. He's a he's a bad guy in so many things, and that's, 
Is he Just a, look, look up that resume. He's in many things. I was going to say, I thought I recognised him from somewhere. He just got a face. I thought I recognise this dude. Um, he's, he's the guy with the, um, like the diamond in his tooth. Is that right? Is he this sort yeah. Of oh, we'll get to that later. Use it brilliantly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that does come in handy for yes. Remo later on. He has it? a diamond. In it, he has a diamond in his tooth, and it comes in handy later for good old Remo. And we <laughs> yes, can, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we we'll get onto that later on. So. They get back yeah, if you, if, you need, if you need a bad, it was need a, if you need a bad guy that was either Patrick Kilpatrick or Brian Thompson, you know, usually one of those guys would show up in your movie mm. as a perennial bad guy. It's a <laughs> so he's he's doing a lot of running around. There's some parts where he's hanging onto a pole and then he slips down a rope and then he takes on the workman. Then he eventually gets him into the lift where he chucks a rope around one of their feet, chucks him off. And then he traps them into like the sliding door, the the elevator. And um, yep. Yep. Remo gets the upper hand. See, all he gets time. the upper hand. He shows his moves. You can see how he's uh, developing. He's getting over um, fear of heights and all that sort of stuff. And then you get a scene here, which was this was the first scene I ever saw out of Remo because I saw this on YouTube before I saw the film. And this is when I thought, yeah, I'm gonna like this film. It's the bit when Remo's getting chased by the bad guys and he comes to that cement. <laughs> it's like, he's thinking about it and then he runs over it as if he's just gliding over water. And then you get the dude in the trench coat, then you're the bad guy comes, yeah, I'll do that. And he just runs straight into it and then <laughs> he goes straight into the cement. I was, laugh I was laughing my ass off here, Gary, when I saw this. <laughs> Because you, you, you're, you're led to believe that this magical Korean martial arts tactics, which I forget the name of, can let you literally make you run on water. And, uh, well, in Ch Chen's case, that uh, makes him run over water, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that comes into play. But, um, oh, spectacular. Oh, it's brilliant, man. Yeah. That's... So, so Remo's like Jesus. See, people? He's like an action star Jesus. Yeah. He, can walk, <laughs> he, he can walk on water, literally. Exactly. This is it. You know, it's like the second coming or something like that, isn't it? With uh, Fred Ward. Um, so, yeah, so you've got that cement scene. So you get him infiltrated. The bad guy shows off some moves. And then after that, you get uh, Mac um, and Remo who infiltrate the Grove Warehouse. And this is where you get another sort of sort of clever dogs is it he gets attacked by the dogs and you've got some ravenous rats here gary i'll put down on my notes oh he's laughing so hard at this scene man <laughs> i don't know how them rats got down his pants but maybe he laughed so hard and yeah <laughs> apparently they were chewing his undercarriage because he was trying to kick them fools off man yeah but um so you know, the, the gag with the gag with the dog we laughed the most because remo's doing all those balls balance up he he walks down like a like um like a power line, like like these tightrope walking. It's like God, bitch, you can't do that, sucker. Always says to the dog, and then there goes the dog going down the freaking thing. I get like couldn't freaking believe it. I could you know, laugh as so hard, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes across the because you find out at the beginning of the movie, um, Grove is involved in the Star Wars. I mean that was a thing, wasn't it, back in the eighties, wasn't it? The Star Wars space race type thing. Yeah. So they throw that into this movie where you got a. Um, like a satellite with a laser beam. Is that yeah, Mr. Ray, Mr. Reagan was going to save us all, see, with yeah, that, that thing. So they chuck that bit in there with this. So, and then Matt gets a laser disc with some information on it. Um, and then he gets shot 
and then he hands over the disc to Remo and then he gets away. And this is where you find out that the Grove, who works for the organisation called Hop, is all fake going on this disc. And he now meets um, Fleming at Mount Promise. And this is the bit where he tries to infiltrate him and this is where they get uh, caught in a uh, like gas chamber, isn't it? Just sort of, it's that typical sort of um, B-movie moment here, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Kind of remind me of like the old Rocket Man TV shows where they get locked up and there's some gas and he's trying to sort of save the damsel in distress and all that. Yeah, for sure, man. You're trying to trying to knock him out, all, like very secret agent style. James Bond or James Bond ripoff has that thing in it, and, you know. Yeah, and this is where you're thinking that he's not going to get out of it. The gas is flowing in. Um, they're starting to, you know, get starved of oxygen. But then that's where you get that henchman come in, which we mentioned earlier, the guy with the um, diamond in his mouth. And then Remo is a punch up with him, and then this is where he uses his diamond to cut the glass and then smash the window to try and get out that's yeah, pretty brilliant actually he 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 weakens the glass by making <laughs> he pushes his face up against the one the glass and cuts it into the weaken the glass and dives on through and i thought it was pretty brilliant as far as like a plot point goes that hey there's this little he's like hey he got that thing from tiffany's diamond he a hardest substance on earth let's 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 crack this glass i thought it was pretty brilliant I was going to say, that, that would be reinforced glass, would it, Gary? Do you know what I mean? But no, mm-hmm. like you say, Definitely. get yourself that Tiffany diamond from a henchman's mouth and that will blow that glass straight out with a little punch. <laughs> so then we get our heroes, uh, Fleming and Remo. They escape the facility. And this is where they meet Chon in the woods. And this is where you get that typical... Um, scene in a movie now where you get into a truck and then the brakes start to fail, didn't they? Yeah, what I love to hear though is that they actually showed guys, you know, working on the truck that wasn't quite finished or having a conversation. And I think it was the first, the, the henchman from earlier in the film, they were working on this truck and they mentioned that the brakes were not right. So the fact that they mentioned this and like, is that like, oh, of course, the brakes went on the truck, la da 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 da. Yeah. That they kind of explained it. Yeah, this is going to happen. Get, get ready for it. I, I kind of appreciated that. That's a little smart like that. <laughs> and then what makes me laugh here, Gary, is that the brakes are not working. You've got some tension here. You've got, um, you got. They're thinking, how are we going to get out of this? So he opens up the door. They get out, except Chin. Chin stays in the truck, doesn't he? <laughs> you kind of see this like little... I suppose it's like a model or something like that, a chin doll. Flies off the cliff, doesn't it? Crashes, blows up, all that sort of stuff. You think Chin's dead at this time, but no, he's not, is he? He's sort of like, he's in the wreckage, isn't he? And what does he come out yeah. and say? He says something about the door handle. <laughs> something about Korean, Korean, Korean cars, uh, Korean door handles that don't malfunction or something like that, he says, you know? <laughs> So after going through all that, that's that's the first thing that comes to his mind, you know, damn door handle, not career made or something like that, so that's pretty cool. So after all of that, you've now got um, Grove, I think he's trying to get away, he's now got uh, Remo chasing after him, and then Remo, he, he finds himself on the log, doesn't he, on a, like a, it's on a 
it's hanging on a wire, isn't it? It's like he's hanging on, on like like a a tree a tree um like a big old piece of tree, and of course uh, moving very slowly to where people can shoot him. You know, they're shooting everything at him. I think they hit him in the foot. Yeah, and that's, that's about it. all they hit him. Yeah, you know, that's it. He can't yeah. properly dodge bullets while he's hanging off a tree uh, for I don't know, no good reason, I guess. But uh, whatever, here we are. But they have, uh, you know, assault rifles and 50 cal machine guns shooting at him and nothing's really hitting him. So, hey, action hero. Yeah, that's it. He's dodging all those bullets, isn't he? And then he's thinking, (laughs) how am I going to get them? So he sees a pile of logs below below him. He cuts the log that he's hanging on to and then he grabs the wire. And this is just like perfect time. It's a typical action movie, isn't it? And the log falls down, goes onto the pile of logs and they roll down in perfect timing into the bad guy's car, which is carrying Grove and his henchmen. And you get this scene where the car with Grove in it just blows up. I mean, it's like an explosion, which you think there's no way that you're going to get out of that. <laughs> yeah, well, again, it's, it's brilliant filmmaking because he, he's seen, he, he noticed the trail of gasoline and, you know, using his Korean martial arts superpowers lit a piece of brush on fire with his mind and of course lit the trail of gasoline on fire to blow the the bad guy up and you know yeah save the day <laughs> so then you got Remo now he uh reunit- re- reunites with Chin and Fleming they're on like a they're, they're on the sort of sand by a lake but then this is where Gravy manages as we just said he escapes from that car and it's now Remo and the bad guy having a fight with, with each other. And it's like something that happens at the beginning comes to the end. So you've now got Remo who's able to dodge bullets. You get Grave, he pulls a gun out, doesn't he? He tries to shoot Remo. He dodges the bullets. And he does exactly what Chin does to him at the beginning of the movie, doesn't he? He takes a gun. He disarms him. And then that's pretty much, isn't it, Gary? He, kind of, he shoots the bad guy, doesn't he? He shoots Grave. He kills him. He, he did what I mentioned too early about lighting lighting the brush on fire with his mind and oh, lighting the, yeah, the trail of gasoline to blow him up. That's right. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. So Yes. Yeah, that's right. He uses that trick that he learned earlier from Chin, didn't he? I, I'll say it again. Lit brush on fire with his mind. <laughs> those, are, those are Korean martial arts people, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so you get that scene here. You get Grove, he gets taken on. And now you get a scene where we talked about earlier with the walking, gliding over water. You've got the you got some of the was it the army or the national guard? They're running towards them. Uh, Remo's now on a boat with Fleming trying to get away. Chin's left on the beach by himself, and then you get that scene here now, don't you? Where he he just glides over the water, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's a it's it's almost as magical as. Um... Good old Barry Bostwick and Megaforce with a flying motorcycle. There's not many things that are uh, as majestic as that, but pretty majestic. Him running over the water, literally gliding and floating over the water. I was going to say, Gary, I, I couldn't see him walking on a board underneath the water. Couldn't see that at all. <laughs> couldn't see it all, man. I, I don't want to see that either, man. No, I don't want to see it. I, 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 I say cue that greatest American hero music, man, from Mr. Mr. Oh, yeah, there, man. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, Believe uh, it or not, he's walking on air. And so there you get our heroes, they reunite, they get onto the boat, they go off into the distance. Um, 
I'd imagine that Remo is probably going to get a little bit romantic with Fleming, I guess. There's a little bit of an interest there, wasn't there? You know, so. And um, that's pretty much how the film ends, isn't it? It comes to the closing credit, and that is Remo Williams begins, isn't it? That's his first outing. So, yeah. Saves a day, takes on the government bad guys, and there you go, guys. That is it. That's uh, Remo Williams. Dig it. So, if you haven't seen it, guys, go check it out. If you have, hopefully, like you say, you know, I hope, hope you enjoyed it. It's uh, it's just 80s oh. nostalgia, isn't it? It's just uh, it's just a fun movie. But um, good, good fun time though. Yeah, it's good fun. No, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's uh, as we said, it's kind of in the league of um, the other movie which we can have a look at next, isn't it, Gary? The uh, the Jake Speed film. Which is going to be the next yeah. one we're going to review. Which I've never seen before, so I'm excited to watch it. Have you not seen it at all? No, not yet. I've, I've only heard of it before. Oh, right, okay. I think you're in for a treat. Yeah, this um, it's, a, it's a fun movie. I, I, I only saw it myself recently, funny enough, when Duncan McLeish uh, posted it on his page. Because, you know, he's into all his Arrow videos. I think the guys, like I said before, I think he's got some... Uh, I think he's got some shares in Arrow or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the way he posts it. Or early, or at least a small fortune buried in his backyard somewhere. Yeah. You know. He's he's, he's going to do a Scooby Doo on us one day, man. Do you know what I mean? He's going to pull off this rubber mask and he's really the sort of manager for Arrow or something like that. You know. Ooh, that'd be kind of hot, huh? Come on now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> look! Look at all the free Blu-rays I get. <laughs> really? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. So yeah, check it out, Gary. I think you, I think you will like it. So there you go. That's uh, Remo Williams. Gary, is there anything more you want to add to this um, this film? Uh, no, it's just it's just it's a fun you know time. Even I, I love to say eighties time. It's just a fun all around time. And uh, at the same time, it's 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 a, it's a picture of its time because there's a lot of jokes in the film and a lot of the fact that Joel Gray is playing. A pretty convincing, you know. If you didn't know it was him, you 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 would be, you would be. I think he, it's him being a stage actor, him being a, a versatile actor, you know. And, and I I think that all those things made him play that role. So, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't work today in today's society. They would never never let a white man play that right. that that Asian person. Although it works it works so well, you know, for Christopher Lee for like five of those Charlie Chan films, I guess. But, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, he did. Um, he did Fu Manchu, didn't he, Christopher Lee? Fu Manchu, yeah. yeah. There you go. Which are equally really good films, actually. Um, that might be another bite-sized mention, actually. The Fu Manchu movies, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's all about um, just the actor, isn't it? They obviously saw Joel Grey and thought this guy can play it right. So, um, so he's he's just he's just as good as Remo in this movie to me. I mean, he's a great like. A great counter. I wouldn't call him a sack. A great, a great counterpart to Remo. So it, it really works. Yeah, and like I say, Fred Ward. He's he's good in what he does, isn't he? Um, I'm doing um, Tremors on Sunday with the Witch from the Doomsday Clock. And nice. I recently watched that movie, and I thought again, you know, it's he is the leading man role, isn't he? He plays it really well. He just, as you said, when you think about action, you do think about Fred Ward. You know, he's done some good movies. Um, is in Southern Comfort, and there's another film that doesn't get mentioned a lot. Is uh, Uncommon Valor? Regine Hatton. Yeah, we did we we did that for a commentary on um 
a nudie show. Uh, oh, did you? I think it was. I, mean, I think it's that horror okay commentary show. We yeah. did that on there, and that's got a great cast. That made great bite size as well because okay. it's got a huge cast. Yeah, I've got it on the list, Gary. To do, um, it's got Gene Hackman, Patches. Randall Tex Cobb, and Red Brown. That's all I'll say about that one. Okay. There, there's more, but that's all you need to listen to right now. Yeah, I was going to chuck in Patrick Swayze in there as well. I think it might be. Yeah, Swayze's in there too, yep. Yeah, very, very fresh faced uh, Patrick Swayze in that movie. So, yeah, that'd be bite size for sort of sure, Gary. So. Um, so, there you go, buddy. Um, thanks for coming on the show today, Gary. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate it as well, my friend. We will get um, Jake Speed. Uh, that will be dropping soon when we'll get together for that. So, um there you go guys hope you enjoyed the show just for a little bit of admin I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network so please go and check out all the other shows and you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes YouTube and Spotify and several other players if you put in Bite Size Cinema Legion onto Google I also got a Facebook page so if you want to post anything on there any movie suggestions I'll take a look at it and I will be back soon for... I've got Dan Bone coming on the show for Jackie Chan's Police Story. So look out for that. That'll be dropping soon. And as I mentioned, Tremors with The Witch from the Doomsday Clock. So I've got a busy schedule. So there you go, guys. Keep it bite-sized. Keep it safe. And I will see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero go show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.